4: Some of them, I promise, will actually put you in a good mood. Listen to next question with me, Katie Couric, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
5: The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential.
6: Hey guys, welcome to Always Hungry from iHeartRadio. My name is Bobby Flay, and I'm here with my daughter and co-host.
0: I'm Sophie Flay. And
6: on Always Hungry, Sophie and I gather around my stove to cook together.
0: While you cook,
7: I ask the questions and eat the food.
6: If there's any food left, we come to the table together to share a meal, connect as a family, and tell the stories that matter to us. All right, Sophie, uh, since we're in the middle of summer, let's talk about what we're going to eat and drink.
4: Love it. You always make the best
5: food during the summer. Th- those are like my favorite food memories with you.
6: And it all comes with a glass of rosé.
5: <laughs> yes, bored it up.
6: So I spend a lot of time in the summer entertaining. It's what I look forward to all year long, honestly. I have a pergola that sits in my backyard, which reminds me, I got inspired by... When I went to Sicily on a trip many years ago, we rented this house, and it, the, the house looked like it was out of The Godfather. It was like this really beautiful southern Italy, well, Sicilian house. Who knows when it was built? And uh, it was actually owned by some countess. I, I don't even know what that means. <laughs> and she was renting it out, and she was in Paris at the time. It was, like, it was a very romantic story. Like, but, I mean, I don't know who she is, but... So Michael, Simon, and I, and a bunch of other people rented the house. And you rent the house for like, I think we rented it for 10 days. And the house came with a house manager, a, a cook, and a housekeeper. And Michael and I wanted a, to wanted a cook all week. So we, we, we said to the chef, for the, when we got there. She had put out this beautiful meal. It was very, very simple, like a caprese salad, a beautiful penne pasta. Oh, maybe some ravioli or something. I can't remember. And like an arugula salad. And we had been traveling it, which it felt like forever. Right. They lost our bags. I mean, it was just like the classic (laughs) Sicilian trip. And, you know, we were on three different planes, you can imagine. So we were exhausted and we got there and she made this beautiful meal. And then we said, congratulations, you're you're getting fully paid for the the entire time you're here, but you're off. We're going to cook. We're
7: going to relieve you of your duties. Yeah, you don't
6: need to hang. You can just, you're getting a paid vacation. So then it was in Marsala, And we went to the market, and we bought, like, everything in the marketplace. All these different, you know, whole swordfish and crates of tomatoes, quarts of salted capers. Anyway, long story short was that, I'm trying to get back to my point, which is that they had this beautiful outdoor pergola. So you would sit under this pergola, you know, it would protect you from the sun. You would sit outside, and you would sort of dine al fresco, as they say. Mm And as soon as I got back to the United States, I, like, I was like, I, I have to have this. So <laughs> I need a pergola. I, I asked this guy who is a really good craftsman to build it for me in, in my backyard, and I use it so much. Mm-hmm. It's where we have like our lunches, as I like to call them.
7: Mm-hmm.
6: Lunch at my house every Saturday in the summer. I shouldn't say every Saturday. Most Saturdays in the summer, I make lunch for a bunch of people. Mm-hmm. It's never less than like eight. And it's usually somewhere in between 20 and 30 people. And I invite lots of different kinds of people and a lot of people that don't know each other. And I try to, I try to put together really interesting groups of people. I remember one, actually, one of the ones that I remember mostly was, uh, you were there and we had actually a handful of, just happened to have a handful of amazing journalists. You know, it was you and our friend Carolyn Mano. And who else was there? Vanessa uh, Yukovic. And Katie Couric, you know <laughs> the,
7: some big names.
6: Who was, you know, the headliner. Yeah. Katie, you know, was so nice to come. And my dad was there. My dad <laughs> was in the middle of the whole thing. Bill yeah. Flay was like <laughs> holding court with all these amazing people. <laughs>
7: As always. Yeah.
6: And like and and you were ju- you were in brought you were in journalist school. You were in broadcast journalism school at USC at the time. And yeah,
7: yeah. like
6: to listen to all of you guys talk about you know, journalism where it is today, where it's going tomorrow, it was mesmerizing. But, you know, we share meals like that at my house. They're not always that sort of specific, but there's always really fun, interesting people there. And a lot of, a lot of them don't know each other. And, I, and that's one of the things I like to do, which is bring a lot of people together to the dinner table because mm-hmm. people don't do that anymore. Right. But we don't really make dinner. We make lunch. And the lunches are long. Yeah. And they're always at 1.30. <laughs> And the reason why they're at one thirty is because twelve o'clock is too early, one o'clock seems about right, but I always want that extra half an hour because there's something that i'm not done with, and I want to be finished <laughs> i want i want my i want for the most part I want almost everything ready to go when people start walking in,
7: yeah, because you want to be able to enjoy it too I want to be able to enjoy it too and I yeah. want to
6: be a host as well I don't want to just be like you know the cook left in the kitchen. I want to be part of what's what's happening there. I want to be able to make sure that my guests are having a good time. I mean, they have to have cocktails. It's a big undertaking, but it's so great.
7: All right, we are making some fish tacos.
6: We're making fish tacos. And I'm going to make some swordfish tacos. Is that cool? Yeah. Okay, so, so fish tacos, you know, we're talking about summer, summer eating and drinking. Because one goes hand in hand. <laughs> and so I make fish tacos a lot. Now, usually what I do is... I usually usually buy two or three different kinds of fish at the store, depending on what's fresh. So I usually buy some shrimp to make shrimp tacos, and then I usually make a couple of other fish. Today I have some swordfish, and and, and I I don't marinate fish, for instance, like very, very long. Usually it's like a quick marinade or an automatic marinade, what I call. So this has got some red chilies on it. It's got some garlic powder. It has cumin and coriander, some red chilies, and some orange juice. It looks really pretty. Yeah, some orange juice. And this is a swordfish steak. Uh, let's Let's get a little bit hotter. And so basically what I do is I cook the fish basically right before I'm about to serve. And then I have, like, lots of accoutrements, like... Um, I have lettuce, but usually I make some sort of cabbage slaw. Yeah. And then I have I have some kind of. Did you eat all the salsa? I ate a lot of
7: salsa. Sorry. Oh, my selfie. <laughs> sorry.
3: We're
6: <laughs> doing a podcast
3: here.
7: i oh, no, sorry, sorry. sorry.
6: So I have some salsa here, <laughs> and then either usually some sort of red salsa, some green salsa, then some like green onions, some pickled onions usually. Then I have a, like an array of hot sauces. I have your favorite hot sauce, Cholula. <laughs> And then, um, you know, some corn tortillas. About more than half the times I usually make the corn tortillas out of Masa Arena. Um, these, these are really good quality tortillas that I got from the, um, from the farmer's market in Hollywood. Oh, nice. There's a Mexican family there that, is, uh, that has great salsas, great tortillas, great tortilla chips, like all kinds of like great like fire roasted tomato salsas. Like they have like a tomatillo salsa that's great. So good. They have like an avocado salsa, some guacamole. I mean, they they have really really good quality. It's almost like hard to make your own because it's so good. Right. So these are their tortillas. Smell them. I mean, it really smells like corn.
7: Mm. Oh my god, they and smell so
6: good. I'm just heating them up on a flat top.
8: Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish.
3: Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver.
6: So here's the kind of things that we make. First of all, my house is nicknamed Rosé Country Day Camp. So you know that we drink a lot of rosé. Yes. <clears throat> I mean... Like a lot. There's been some records set.
7: <laughs> yeah.
6: There's been some track record set at my house in terms of how rose many bottles drinking. of empty rosé bottles there are in, De- in the parking lot. Definitely. But that's okay. Actually, I remember when Whispering Angel first came out, like, I think that we... Depleted the entire.
7: I mean, yeah.
6: Eastern Long Island supply <laughs> by, by ourselves. Yeah. Um, now we're drinking um, just because obviously I'm obsessed with Italy, so I found this delicious Italian rosé. We drink a lot of that. We drink a lot of spritzes, Campari spritzes, Aperol spritzes, and and then we cook a lot of food. And I cook. It's always family style. Yeah. Like, what do you look forward to when? When I'm cooking summer f- food, or do or what about what? What do you look forward to? Like when you're
7: cooking summer food, I usually let you cook summer food. <laughs> so and fall food. And I feel like I mentioned this a lot, but I I'm just obsessed with your shrimp pasta. That is a dish that okay. was inspired from <clears throat> your trips to Italy as well.
6: Yeah, that's the shrimp pasta. I don't know. Has become a crowd favorite.
7: It's addicting.
6: You know what it is? No. First of all, it's this. I forget what the noodles called because it's got a weird name, but. It's if you took lasagna noodles and cut them in half and then gave them a crinkly edge, mm. that's what they look like. So they're kind of, they're kind of broad and silky, and they all, but they also have like texture because they have right. that kind of crinkly edge. And that holds onto the sauce. The other thing that's really important about that sauce is that I make shrimp stock. Mm. And the shrimp stock reduced gives that pasta tons of flavor. So it's not just shrimp running through the pasta. Right. It's the shrimp stock... That's bathing in the, the noodles. The noodles, yeah. And then there's saffron in it as well, which is a very perfumey flavor, mm-hmm. great fragrance. A little bit goes a long way. You don't want a lot of it. Saffron is amazing. And then I'll just tell you, you I finish it with butter. <laughs> there's some anchovies and there's also- um, Tomatoes? Garlic and yes, and tomatoes.
7: It's so good. That is by far one of my favorite things that Fre- you that fresh, you make.
6: And fresh basil. Yeah. But also I like cooking things on 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 wood. I make pizzas a bunch in the summer.
7: Yeah, you have like a lot of fun tools out yeah. there.
6: I mean, I have a pizza oven. I've had yeah. the same pizza I've had a woodstone pizza oven for 12 years now. It's an amazing uh, it's way too big. This oven is bigger than the ovens that I had it, you know, in my restaurants. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's 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 insane right. I, I can't cook. I can't bake enough pizzas for it to even validate why I have such a big oven.
7: I, I mean, another another <clears> one <throat> of my my favorite things about you your summer cooking is I feel like you end up trying a lot of different new recipes. and we all just get to be taste testers. And, you know, whether it's something that is you're testing something out for like a restaurant or um you know, just interested in like what this is going to taste like. Or it's something that you've been like craving, but you haven't made yet. I feel like that's one of my favorite parts too—is like just being a taste tester.
6: I mean, I have I have like a handful of things that I do more than once, Mm -hmm. but for the most part, a lot of stuff I just do once. You know, like I'll make a porchetta on the rotisserie. I don't know if you were around for that last year. I made porchetta with um, with salsa verde. I did like barbecued chicken with like like the Korean red pepper paste, the kochujang, mm, so which is good. so good.
7: What's been your favorite Your favorite lunch that you've made?
6: My favorite lunch? Sophie, there's so many lunches. Okay,
7: well, give me one or two that have been like standouts <clears> for you. I don't know.
6: Last summer, I made a lot of zucchini pasta because I was practicing for Amalfi. I made a lot of zucchini pasta. I made a lot of whole fish on the grill and in the oven. That was totally fun. Um... <clears throat> yeah, I mean I've been making a lot of pastas the last few years, yeah. a lot and a lot of fish. But also now I have this rotisserie and I've been doing like these rotisserie chickens that are just spectacular. Mm. I mean they just get this like Oh, I love rotisserie s- chicken. They're so juicy yeah. and they get this crispy skin and I put a bunch of spices on them and the spices become like this really great crust on the outside of the chicken. It's so good. Rotisserie chicken.
2: Mm.
7: <laughs> the best.
6: And I, like, I, can st- I can literally stand and, at the grill and watch the thing spin for like an, an hour and 20 minutes. I know. Because you see it, you literally watch it change before your eyes. Every spin, it looks a little different.
7: When <clears> people <throat> come over for lunch, do they ever offer to help?
6: Not really. <laughs> I mean, they do offer to help, but basically, like if somebody says to me, what can I do? And I say, would you like to peel some shrimp? They're like, oh, <laughs> shit, I wish I could have <laughs> yeah. you know, Here's 30 pounds of shrimp, have at it. Right, right. So I don't, I don't want people to have to do that. I, I always love that people are volunteer to be helpful, but I think that for the most part, I'm cooking. So, like, don't worry about it.
7: Okay, the swordfish is sizzling. It
6: really is sizzling. And again, like, you know, we're just enhancing it with the chilies and the orange and the spices. We, you know, we still want it to taste like the fish itself. Swordfish is one of those things that you want to cook just about through. I don't like medium rare swordfish. It's not tuna. I love swordfish. Do you like Me swordfish?
7: too. Yeah, I love swordfish.
6: Really good stuff. Mm, these tortillas smell so good. <laughs> love these corn tortillas. And the, the, a good way to kind of hold the tortillas is once you, once you steam them on top. I, I'm actually like reheating them on top of a griddle or a kamal as they call it, and then you can stack them. And as they stay warm, and they just cover them with a towel, and then they stay pliable. That's the key. I also cook breakfast. I cook a lot less dinners than I cook anything you, else. You
7: cook a lot of breakfast, yeah.
6: So it, for breakfast, I cook, like, a lot of biscuits. I do a lot of my black pepper biscuits all the time. Yeah, you do. And... Always a crowd pleaser. Biscuits out of the oven in the morning after everybody's hungover. I
7: know. I have like friends that'll stay there, and their like siblings come pick them up in the morning, and then they'll be. We'll be like, "Do you want breakfast now that you're here?" And they're like, "Yeah, sure."
6: Oh yeah. Nobody leaves my house. <laughs> yeah. Nobody leaves my house. Hungry. People are
7: walking in to pick up their brother or sister, and it's you know they're like, "Oh, I get a free breakfast out of this. Great." Yeah.
6: I don't want anybody to leave hungry. I mean, it's. I think it's. I think it's. It's. It's part of what I do. You know. It's and it, and and that's and that's the thing that I hope that you pick up on. As my daughter, which is like being inclusive to the people that you care about, like everybody in my house, yeah, of course, has a connection to me in, in some way that's significant, and it could be even if they could just be an acquaintance, but it's something that we want to spend time together. You know, whoever that is, yeah. And so I invite people to my home to show them my love and appreciation through cooking. That's what it's how I it's how I do it. Yeah. Oh, I the, the the other thing that I like doing is like, and we do this like on the Fourth of July or Labor Day weekend, like real classic summer holidays, like we'll make barbecue. Oh, yeah. So I have a big green egg, which... Yeah, you
7: make a, uh, ribs, I a make, decent amount.
6: I make ribs and, I, and pulled pork. Mm-hmm, so good. Sometimes I do smoked chickens, and then I'll do like, like the classic fix-ins. We'll make, you know, cast iron cornbread with orange honey butter. We'll make, um, <clears throat> you know, an amazing coleslaw, Potato salad with like whole grain mustard and green onions. Um, you know, homemade barbecue sauce of, mm-hmm. some, of some sort.
7: Yeah, you make a really good homemade barbecue sauce.
6: <laughs> you look like you're getting hungry.
7: Sounds delicious. Yeah.
6: And then, you know, we have to make cocktails, you know. So it could be a bourbon cocktail for, for barbecue. Um, or we can just open, open some rosé. I mean, that's the easiest thing. It's like, that's the great thing about like drinking rosé in the summer You pop the cork, yep, (laughs) you know, and it's, and like, you're good to go. Right. And it goes down really easily. And the thing I love about my house is that our lunches usually last about two and a half, three hours, Mm -hmm. you know, over time we're sitting around under the pergola. There's 20 people sitting around. We're eating, we're drinking, we're telling stories. Some people think they're funnier than others. (laughs) We all laugh along. It's just, yeah. it's like, you know, and and we get into really great conversations. It's where I think that like real important conversations should take place around the the table. Yeah. With lots of food and lots of drink on it. I think it's really important.
7: I know, and a lot of times that's like the first time you're seeing me and my friends that day and you guys are all looking, you and your friends are all looking at us. So what did you guys do last night?
6: Yeah, I know. (laughs) Because you guys go out after we go to sleep. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I can't keep my eyes open past 9.30 out there.
7: Yeah, because you start drinking rosé at 10 a.m. I don't, that's, I don't <laughs> that's, even know what you're talking yes, about. Yes, that happens.
6: What happens is Lauren says, you want a drink? And I'm like, wait a second.
7: Yes. It's not even 11 o'clock.
6: <laughs> you know, but like... I but you're know.
7: not going anywhere?
6: I'm not going anywhere. Nobody's <laughs> driving. That's the rule. Once we start drinking... The gate is shut. Right. You're closed in. And so I go shopping really early in the morning. Yeah. So then I make a lot of eggs also. Yeah, you do. I make scrambled eggs.
7: Huevos rancheros. Huevos
6: rancheros. Sometimes I make like a poached egg dish. One, one, of the, one, one of us really likes Eggs Benedict. That would be you. Oh, I, really, I actually like it too.
7: You don't really make Eggs Benedict though. In, what are you talking in about? In the summer? Nah,
6: sometimes I do. Mm. I make waffles.
7: You make good eggs, Benedict. You do make a lot of waffles. Oh, my gosh. This, you're like cinnamon sugar waffles. That's a staple. That's a summer staple.
6: Yeah, and I make it with toasted cornmeal so that they're a little bit crunchy.
7: They're so good. You like them? Oh, my gosh, yeah. Oh, my God, I would die for those right now.
6: <laughs> I know, and I always get that thick-cut bacon as well. Oh, Really key.
7: Wow, I can't wait.
6: We also, I also make burgers sometimes, too. You make burgers a lot. One of the things about... Well, listen, because like, I don't make them a lot. I make them about every two weeks. I, I do like a burger bar, just like the fish taco bar. Well, like I'll cook the burgers, I'll put cheese on the burgers, melt the cheese, and then I'll put out like avocados, ketchup, different kinds of sauces, different kinds of condiments, pickled onions, pickles, different lettuces, tomatoes, barbecue sauce, mustards, chipotle ketchup, yeah. potato chips, to crunchify your burger.
8: Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. Woo. I used to have so many men.
9: How this beguiling woman in her 50s... She looked like a million bucks. ...with zero qualifications...
0: She had a Harvard plaque
3: A Story of California Corruption on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host.
6: I guess the most famous fish tacos are, are in, like, San Diego or Baja. and
7: Yeah, Baja fish
6: taco. Like, a lot of times, like, they'll be fried, mm-hmm. which is the more classic, you know, San Diego or Baja-style taco. It's a, you know, it's usually a beer batter of some sort.
2: Yeah, so good.
6: Mahi-mahi is, is one yeah, of the most so classic popular. ones. Or Red Snapper or something like that. And um, now, of course, because people want to be healthier, there's a lot of grilled fish tacos
7: yeah grilled shrimp tacos grilled which is, fish tacos
6: which is what I make most of the time like when I'm cooking at home I usually either cook them on top of a cast iron pan or outside on the grill yeah they're so good but I have to say like when I go to a restaurant and they say and I order the fish tacos and they say do you want them fried or, or grilled I always order them fried
7: fried yeah of course I know I mean we don't, we don't all, need to be stupid
6: we all want crispy yeah but it is what it is alright now I'm flipping it over Look at that crust.
2: That looks a little burnt.
6: No, it's not burnt. <laughs> Thanks, Sophie. <laughs> that's actually, you know what that's from? What do you think that, What do you think those crispy edges are from? The orange juice. Yep. It's from the orange juice and the red chilies creating a crust. So the, you know, the orange juice is, it's, uh, you know, caramelizing from the natural sugars.
5: Is this a cast iron? Yeah. It's so clean.
6: But see, but that's, that's going to be delicious.
5: Yeah, a little that's crispy. You,
6: that's what you want, for sure. And then I usually make my own hot sauces, too. I'll make like a mango yeah. habanero hot oh, sauce. Oh, I
7: love that.
6: Chipotle hot sauce. Yeah. I make a green hot sauce with, uh, with either poblanos or jalapenos or a combination of both of them. Um, you know, lots of vinegar. Some kind of Sometimes yeah. they have like honey in them or some ripe fruits. Something along those lines. Some cilantro. The cabbage slaw is a really good thing to make as well.
7: hmm Yeah, I love when you make your own salsas, like a tomatillo salsa. This looks so good. Yeah, it does. It smells smoky.
6: Looks pretty good, right?
7: So what are you looking forward to making this summer?
6: But by the beginning of the summer, I can't wait for the following things. Sliced tomatoes oh. with olive oil and fresh mozzarella and basil. Then I make a lot of corn. Yep. I make like street, like Mexican street corn with the cotija cheese, lime and the mayonnaise Delicious. with the chilies in it. Yep. What else? I make fresh corn tamale sometimes in the summer as mm-hmm, well.
5: Mm-hmm.
6: You know, sometimes we just make like steamed lobster and steamed corn with like butter. Delicious. Nothing wrong with that. No, it's, there's nothing wrong with it.
7: Have you ever gone clamming?
6: Not for a long time. Years and year, years. We should,
7: and, we should do that there this summer. You
6: want to go clamming?
7: Yeah. It's so fun.
6: We're, you've done it? Yeah, in Rhode Island.
7: You to do it like every summer.
6: What's the technique?
7: I mean, a lot of people use rakes, right? And you want to go with someone who actually knows where the the beds are. But you can also, like, if it's shallow enough, you can just, like, use your toes Mm -hmm. and feel out the shells and then just reach down and grab them. It's so fun. And then it's, like, so rewarding because you just go home and you steam a bunch of clams.
6: That sounds really good.
7: Yeah, we should do that.
6: I I do make fresh fettuccine with clam pot, like a clam pasta, like a white clam sauce, which is so good. Lots of garlic, lots of butter. Yeah. You know, white wine. I do that sometimes. And, and, like, I make a lot of mussels also. Yeah, that's true. Big pot of mussels. It kind of like, especially if there's a lot of people there, you just get a bunch of mussels, you put them in a pot, throw some white wine over them, some garlic, some shallots, and some butter, and boom. Before you know it, 15 minutes later, people are like, they have their faces,
7: <laughs> they yeah. have their faces
6: in the mussel broth.
7: Yeah, exactly.
6: And it, and it distracts everybody so you can cook the rest of the dinner. I, you know, I <laughs> make a lot of steaks as well. Iron, do like, you? Oh, yeah. I do a lot of, like, porterhouse steaks out there hmm. where I crust the steak and then I slice it and then put the butter on top. It's like, it's my, it's the technique that I've come to, to use a lot on steak.
7: I'm excited for you to make pizzas, too.
6: What's your favorite pizza? The, the lobster, lobster pizza.
7: pizza. Really? Which I really feel like you only made once, but, like, it was noteworthy, I've made it more than
6: I've made it more than once. Okay. Um, it's lobster and toasted garlic. And the, and I got, I had that, I had a pizza similar to that like 20 years ago in, in a restaurant in Boston.
7: In Boston? Yep. What are you talking about?
6: A woman named Lydia Shire. I think the restaurant was called Bega. Lydia Shire was one of the, the sort of first new American chefs in the age of like, you know, when Jonathan Waxman and Wolfgang and Stephen Piles and Mark Miller and all these like chefs started making lots of noise as American chefs. Mm-hmm. I was the... The next generation after them, mm-hmm. but like they were the first, and she was part of that. And she had a bunch of restaurants in Boston. I remember eating that 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 pizza there. She's also so a funny. lovely woman, and great cook. Yeah, listen, I, I get inspired by. That's what's so great about my profession is I get inspired every day. Like it, I could be in a sandwich shop and be inspired. Yeah, you know, it doesn't matter. Food is my is my life, and so like I'm always thinking about how I can take something I'm influenced by and you know, either recreate it or do a version of it or use a piece of it to something that I want to do. That's that's how we all learn. It's great.
7: Are you going to bring um, any dishes from Amalfi to uh, to your house this summer?
6: Absolutely. Like what? Well, we're going to eat a lot of fish this summer. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're going to eat a lot of fish and we're going to eat a lot of pasta, And let's face great. it. Great. Because, you know, I... Sign me up. Just because the restaurant is open and people seem to like it, doesn't mean I'm going to rest on my laurels. We're going to keep this thing going. Right. So, like, I'm always constantly thinking about, like, what dishes I can introduce next. Um, and so, but those need work. Yeah, you know, they they need to be worked on. Yeah. So people in my house this summer are going to be the guinea pigs.
7: Right? I have no problem with that, as long as we got a glass of rosé.
6: Rosé country day.
7: All right, so we've brought the swordfish over to the cutting board. Yep.
6: I'm going to give you a tortilla. Thank you. Is your swordfish? Thank you. Do you want another piece? Was that was one? Oh uh, no, one's good. Because it's really thick. Okay. Yum. Make your own salsa. Okay,
7: I'm adding some lettuce, definitely some salsa.
6: Tomato salsa.
7: I did eat all the salsa. Sorry. Little red onion. hmm Green onion.
6: Yeah, green onion. A little chili. Hot sauce. What are you adding? Uh, I'm going to do the exact same thing. Oh great. A little salsa, hot sauce. Whoops! Is it good?
7: That's really good, Dad. Is it? Mm-hmm.
6: Talking about it. You like the swordfish?
7: The swordfish is so good. Sometimes fish tacos are a little too fishy. Mm-hmm. You know? So to me,
6: wow, it's spicy. To me, sort. Um, sometimes like soft corn t- tacos are missing it's spicy. <laughs> God. Yeah.
7: Ooh. Sometimes what?
6: Sometimes like soft corn tacos are missing texture.
7: Yeah, I totally like crispiness agree. Crispiness
6: or crunchiness. It's like, sometimes I like, a, I like a crispy shell taco. Me too. Which is like you're not allowed to not supposed to admit that.
7: Oh, I have no problem admitting that.
6: I know. I'm just kidding, but mm, that's good.
7: Mmm. Make a good fish taco.
6: It's the only thing I know to make.
7: Always hungry is created by Bobby Flay and Sophie Flay.
6: Our executive producer is Christopher Haciotis.
7: Always Hungry is
4: produced, edited, and mixed by Jonathan haas
6: Always Hungry is engineered by Sophie Flay. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.
2: Every family has an origin story, one passed down through the generations. Mine happens to be a mystery involving my great-great-grandmother left behind in Sicily.
4: Some of them, I promise, will actually put you in a good mood. Listen to Next Question with me, Katie Couric, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
5: The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential.